0: Let's stand together and turn a page 192 in your hymnals.
1: 192,
0: one day our Lord is coming and it will be a glorious day, amen. One day he's coming, one day, 192. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is He. Living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away. Rising He justified freely forever. One day led him up Calvary's mountain one day they nailed him to die on the tree suffering anguish despised and rejected bearing our sins my redeemer is he living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried me sin's far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day one day they left him alone in the garden one day he rested from suffering free Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day one day the grave could conceal him no longer one day the stone rolled away from the door then he arose over death he had conquered now is ascended my lord evermore amen let's sing that living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's come The trumpet will sound for his coming. The skies with his glory will shine. Wonderful day my beloved one's bringing. Glorious Savior this Jesus is mine. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Married he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day amen and one page over 194 Jesus is coming again Marvelous message we bring, glorious carol we sing, wonderful word of the King, Jesus is coming again, coming again. And flower, exclaim! Mountain and meadow, the same. All earth and heaven proclaim: Jesus is coming again, coming. is coming again, standing before him at last, trial and trouble all past, crowns at his feet we will cast, Jesus is coming again, come.
1: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to understand about your coming. And Lord, the great treasures that this promise provides for us. We ask that you would take each part of this service and be honored and glorified in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz.
0: All right, now let's turn to page 434. 434, he keeps me singing. There's within my heart a melody, Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife, discord filled my heart with pain swept across the broken strings Stirred the slumbering chords again Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go Feasting on the riches of his grace Resting me sheltering wings Always looking on His smiling face That is why I shout and sing So let's hear it Jesus, Jesus, Jesus tweet his name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go Though sometimes He leads through waters deep Trials fall across the way Though sometimes a path seems rough and steep See his footprints all the way Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fails my every longing Keeps me singing as I go Soon he's coming back to welcome me Far beyond the starry sky, I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown, I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Amen. And we'll do one more song, 204-204. Christ returneth. Amen. 204. It may be at morn when the day is awaking, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking. That Jesus will come in the fullness of glory to receive from the world his own. Oh Lord Jesus, how long, how long ere we shout the glad song Christ returneth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, amen. It may be at midday, it may be at twilight. How long, how long, ere we shout the glad song? Christ returneth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, amen. While hosts cry, Hosanna from heaven descending, with glorified saints and the angels attending. With grace on his brow, like a halo of glory, will Jesus receive his own. Christ returneth, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, amen. Now this time we'll have all the children 11 and under dismissed to our junior church. Let's sing that last verse, oh joy, oh delight, amen. Oh joy, oh delight, should we go without dying? No sickness, no sadness, no dread and no pride. returneth, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, amen. Amen, and you may be seated.
1: Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of John. John chapter 14 is where we'll start this morning. John chapter 14, verse 1. We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. These verses were given to the disciples by the Lord Jesus Christ as they left the upper room, and began the journey to Gethsemane, where Jesus would later be arrested. And as he is talking to them, he had just told Peter that before the sun comes up, before the cock crows, before the rooster announces the dawn, you're going to deny three times that you've ever even knew me. And Peter said, no, no, I'm ready to die for you. And the other apostles said, we're ready to die also. Yet they had to have known in their hearts Jesus was never wrong about anything, was he? And the next words that come out of his mouth are these that we have just read. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Many people over the years have tried to make a difference, a separation between Jesus Christ, God the Son, and God the Father. You read this passage. You read on down. Philip says, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. He said, just let us see the Father and we'll be satisfied. Look at verse 9. Jesus answered, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Jesus said, Listen, I am the Father. Look at it. It says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, He doeth the works. This morning, I would like for us to address in this time the doctrine of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at history, Genesis chapter 3, as God began to judge Adam and Eve, for the sins that they had committed in the Garden of Eden, there was the promise there that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. And that was not talking about stepping on a snake, all right? It was talking about the destruction of... Of the power of the devil, himself, and those who followed him. You know what a bruised brain is? If it's very minor, we call it a concussion. If it's much more than minor, we call it brain damage. If it's past the minor stage altogether, it's called death. Now, Jesus, the promise had been given and yet from the time God gave that promise, there were many prophecies in the Old Testament law. There were many more that were in the book of Psalms and in the different prophets of the king to come. And David was told that the promise that was made to Abraham, that in him should all the uh, families of the earth be blessed, would be carried on through His seed and that His, his uh, name would go on forever. And Jesus was a descendant of King David. But it was a thousand years after David that that little babe was born in Bethlehem. And He sent the angels to announce that birth to the shepherds who tended the priestly flocks and who were responsible For the sacrifices that were offered in the temple of Jerusalem. Many people had claimed to be the Messiah before Jesus came. And many more have claimed to be the Messiah after he has ascended into heaven. Some of the claims border on, well they don't border on, they passed absurd a long time ago. How many of you remember David Koresh? He couldn't figure out whether he was Jesus or just a prophet. He knows now, but it's too late. Jesus is God come in the flesh to die to pay the price for our sins. He said on the cross, it is finished. There's nothing left for you or I to do. There's nothing that we can do to help God out. And and uh, I hope you don't listen to this crazy man on the radio, but he says, well, you can't ask God to save you. That's demanding that God saves you. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Camping. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God wants us to ask Him, amen? To sit there and acknowledge the truth and not do something about it is worse than foolishness. God always wants us to act upon truth, amen? He has given us a course of action in this book called the Bible. And He has left us with the greatest promise that you and I possess today And that is the fact that Jesus is coming again. And what I want us to look at is the things that God has given us in this promise that will help you and I live today. How many of you? Oh, let's go ahead and raise our hands. How many of you, your heart was troubled at one time or another since last Sunday, would you just lift up a hand? I mean, you were, you were troubled with, this, with the sorrows and the struggles of life. There was some things came up that you just didn't know quite how to handle, and, and you began to get anxious and worry about those things. Maybe what we ought to ask is, how many of you worried about something this week? And I mean, I think everybody's hand would go up at that point, would it not? And yet, Jesus is speaking here. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. And yet, every time you pick up a newspaper, you get troubled. So, what do we do? Stop reading the newspaper? Well, I listen to the radio. Well, if your heart's not troubled by what they're talking on the radio, it's either dead or not listening, one of the two, right? And I don't watch television because I don't want to vex my soul with all the filth that they put on between the little bits of news or whatever else might be there. It's ridiculous. Yet Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He gives us a promise here. He said, in my Father's house. By the way, that's not here on earth. Amen? Amen? In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If you got one of those newfangled Bibles, it says, In my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I I don't know about you, but uh, my Father's house is a little bigger than a bunch of rooms. Amen? It says mansions. Now, I have no intention of spending any time... In my mansion in heaven. Because I want to be around the throne. That's where we're going to be, my friend. And that's the greatest comfort that we have. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to stop and think about that. That is full of, of meaning. Jesus was speaking primarily of what was going to transpire in the next 80 or so hours as He would be arrested, as He would be nailed to the cross, as He would rise again Sunday morning and ascend into heaven. As we were here in Sunday school, the lesson on the tabernacle, Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies once and sprinkled His blood upon the very lap of God The book of Hebrews tells us He obtained an eternal redemption for us through His shed blood. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to pay the price so that you may enter heaven's gates. That's why you and I don't have to die. Because Jesus did in our place. And that's why there is an eternal hell. Because if you refuse Jesus' payment, it will take you all eternity to begin to accomplish what Jesus did on the cross. It is impossible for a human being to do what only God can do. The promise of this home in heaven The promise of the payment for sin. It took him six days to make the entire universe. All that in them is. I believe there's a double meaning here. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to pay the way for your sins. But also, I'm going to build a place for you in heaven. He's been working almost 2,000 years. Stop and think about what that's going to be like. That ought to take our hearts off the troubles of this world. They accuse us of, Oh, you just want your pie in the sky, bye and bye. I'm going to have more than pie in the sky, amen. I'm going to be with Jesus. And I'm not going to... it, It is a command here. Let not your heart be trouble. That is something you and I must work at every day. We must allow the truth of the second coming, of the glory that Jesus has promised, to be greater and more real to us than the problems we face. I'm sure you all heard about the report, Osama bin Laden just might be dead. If that is your hope, my friend you're in deep trouble. Because there's a hundred people wanting to take his place. My hope is in the words of Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled. I believe in God. Most people do believe in God. Still, even in America. The problem is they don't believe in Jesus. They believe in a church. They believe in an organization. They believe in good works. They believe in doing the best you can. They believe in a God that gives them whatever they want, makes you feel better. Now, Prozac will make you feel better, but I don't recommend it. Amen? I mean, there's all kinds of things that will make you feel better. But you've got to keep taking it in order to feel better. This is a command from God himself. Said, if you believe in God and believe in me, don't allow your heart to be troubled because I'm coming back to get you. I mean, I, I love that passage out of Hebrews we covered uh, over a month ago. He is able to succor them that are tempted. The Calvary's coming, my friend. Don't give up. That old song, Hold the Fort. How many battles, how many battles could have been won if they just stood for another minute, for another hour? If they'd just been willing to stand, all World War II could have been ended before it even began. When Hitler sent his army into the demilitarized zone between France and Germany, his generals had given the order, if one French helmet showed up, if one rifle was lowered, they were to turn around and march to Berlin and shoot Hitler and it would have all been over. But not one French helmet stood that day. And in the ensuing years, 60 million people died through the travesty of World War II. There's a lot more at stake than there was on that day. It is the eternal souls of eternal men and women. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. Thomas said, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going, Jesus. Jesus had just told them, I'm going to heaven. Thomas should have been elated, amen? Instead, he wants a road map. Jesus said, let me give you a map. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. If you want to get to heaven, if you want to come to the Father, you come through me. How simple was that? Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The promise, the wonder of the promise. It took thousands of years of history for the first promise to be fulfilled. Don't get excited if it takes thousands of years of history For the second promise to be fulfilled. Let's look at Acts chapter 1. This is the story of Jesus' ascension. Jesus had resurrected from the dead. The the apostles were trying to figure this whole thing out, they were getting excited. Maybe Jesus is finally going to set up the kingdom, Acts chapter 1. We're going to get to rule and reign. We're going to kick out the Romans. We're going to get rid of these scribes and Pharisees. We're going to run the temple. It's going to be a wonderful day. And verse 7, he said, "...it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power." Verse 8, "...after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem..." and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said unto them, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven." They returned, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And we're going to skip down here to verse fourteen. They these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brethren. This promise works some things in the early disciples. They watched Jesus ascend into heaven. The angels came and said, He's coming back. They returned to Jerusalem. They had the word. They were supposed to wait until they received the power that was spoken of in verse 8, which happened on the day of Pentecost. They continued in unity and prayer and supplication. The coming of the Lord ought to drive us to prayer. We ought to be praying for those that are lost without the Lord Jesus Christ. That they would get saved before Jesus comes back. We ought to be praying that as a church we would be in unity and together about this book called the Bible and be serving the Lord together when jesus comes back we ought to be praying for our missionaries that are doing the work all over the world that god would allow us to be faithful and help them and be a part in standing with them let not your hearts be troubled prayer and supplication let's turn to 1st corinthians 1st Thessalonians i'm sorry 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 And here Paul is teaching the Thessalonians about the coming of the Lord. In verse 16 he says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. How many of us could use a little comfort, amen? Just a little more than what we have had. If you want comfort, there's comfort in the promise of Jesus' return. Now, Paul used the pronoun in here. He used the pronoun we. We, in the English language, includes me. Paul expected Jesus to come back in his lifetime. This is what we call in theological circles the doctrine of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Any moment. That is a comfort. We do not know when Jesus is coming back. But He could come back before we finish this service they made many movies and different things over the years. Some of you may have seen the movie, A Thief in the Night, and, and um, um, oh, what's some of the other ones? Someone was just circulating a little 30-second video over the Internet. Some preacher sent, sent me, and you have this preacher preaching on the second coming of Christ, and the auditorium's full of people, and then they give a thundercrack, and the auditorium's only got five or six people in it. And uh, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, you won't hear a thundercrack when Jesus comes back. The twinkling of an eye is the amount of time that it takes the light from that chandelier to reflect off your eye traveling at 186,000 miles per second. That is an immeasurably small period of time. Now, I'm sure some smarty pants with a computer can sit down and put all the zeros behind the number that needs to be figured out, Will actually be in front of the number. But uh, we're talking about an infinitely short period of time. You will not have time to get ready when Jesus calls. You will, have no, you will not have time to prepare or say goodbye or do anything. The comfort is the fact that Jesus is coming and He could come at any time. Would it not be wonderful not to have to, as that last verse of that song we sang, no sickness, no dying, no sadness. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if just in a moment we were with the Lord Jesus Christ? just to see Him, to be free from this sin nature, to be free from all the problems and all the struggles and all the battles that are fought on this earth. That is the wonder of the promise of the second coming, my friend. The problem with wonder is that it wears off. That's why it was a command. Let not your heart be troubled. It was a command. But ye shall receive power. It was a command. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It is a command. It is something that we must work at. It is the same thing as with a marriage. If you are not constantly working to keep the wonder and the beauty and the love, it will die. There's no other way about it. The Bible tells us that we must work to keep the wonder of this promise. But there's a warning, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and there are many other places that we could go. Jesus spends many time, much time warning us about the eminence of His coming and what we must do to be ready. Mark chapter 10. verse 32 No, I'm sorry. That is the wrong passage. It is Let's try Luke chapter 12. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 12 Let's start in verse 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and the maid servants, and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him asunder, and will point him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his lord's will and prepared not himself neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes but he that knew not and did not commit things worthy and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whom much for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required and of whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more Jesus said here, He said, I am giving you a warning. I want you to understand that you cannot know the day nor the hour. How many of you remember the book, nineteen forty-four? No, I mean 1994. Does anybody remember that book? It was written by a man named Harold Camping. He's still on the radio. He wrote a book and said, Jesus is coming back in 1994. Even he admitted he was wrong. You go back, there's a guy, in fact, this guy claimed to be a Baptist preacher. He wrote 88 reasons why Jesus will come back in 1988. Then he wrote 89 reasons why Jesus will come back in 1989. He gave up. The Bible says you cannot know. Don't waste your time trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back. Take your time and prepare for His coming. He said, as a servant is told to watch the house and to be prepared when his Lord cometh. There are many times in, uh, even to this day in England when royalty travels. They may have a possibility and because of their schedule and security and just the mere women fancy of royalty. They may have several different houses or castles or whatever that they have alerted to their coming. In each one of those homes there is a team of servants that are preparing They are freshly washing the sheets. They are doing uh, freshly preparing the meals. They have set on the meal for royalty. And if royalty does not show up, then they clean it all up and start all over again. They do it at the mere chance of being ready. If you ever watch the President of the United States step off Marine One, that's a helicopter or off Air Force One, you'll notice that as he walks down that plank, there are soldiers, there are Marines, I shouldn't say soldiers, there are Marines on Marine One, that helicopter, standing there, and they will face inward as the President walks down the steps. As the President walks past them, they will turn and they will face his back. Because if the president, for any whim, any reason at all, should remember something or want something, he would turn around, he would not see the side of their face. They would be ready to hear and answer his call. That's protocol. You watch it. It happens. It is a way of respect that if the president were to turn around and say, hey, I need a Something, I forgot my thing, or whatever. He is looking them in the face, even though they have to watch the back of his head. That is this idea of watching. It is being prepared to do what the Lord wants us to do when He wants us to do. How many of you before you got saved thought the Bible was a complicated rules of do's and don'ts and all these things that it just could never, ever, I'll never learn them all, let alone obey them all. Remember those days when you were afraid of that? How many of you, after you're saved are afraid of those things? Found out it's not so difficult, is it? Because God is very, he said, take my yoke upon you. He said, my Burden is easy and my yoke is light. That's because he's doing all the work. Amen? All he wants us to do is watch. He asked the disciples in the garden, Would you watch? He just wanted them to watch. But they couldn't. They couldn't watch the Savior as he agonized there. There's punishment in this passage we read in Luke chapter 12. Not punishment for sin. But for not fulfilling the required course. God wants us to do certain things. The warning is here. We are to watch. We are to be ready. If you knew And they've made many, many movies about this where you get a, um, oh, there's one called The Appointment, and a letter comes and says, you're going to die next Thursday. Be ready to meet God. If that were to happen to you, would you sit down and make up a list of things you wanted to get accomplished in your last four or five days of living? If you would have to sit down and make a list, there's something wrong with the way you're living today. That's what this passage is telling us. We must be ready to meet God now. We will not have time to be prepared. The time to prepare is today. If you want to live in the center of God's will, get there today and you'll have a great percentage of being there tomorrow. Amen? And that is the warning. Jesus said, I say unto you all, watch. Be ready. Because Jesus could come today. There is the wonder of the promise. Oh, it's glorious to be in heaven forever with the Lord. To be able to see the Lord Jesus Christ. To be able to praise His name in perfect harmony. Oh, what a wonder that's going to be. But we've got things to do today, amen? And the last I want us to turn to Titus chapter 2. The wonder of His coming. The warning that His coming gives us. And of course the theme of the Bible is not what necessarily, not primarily what you believe or what you say you believe, but it's what you live is the primary theme of the Bible. It's God wants us to do. Yes, you can do the wrong, the right things for the wrong reasons. Can you not? But isn't it far superior, the book of Titus chapter 2, God wants us to do the right things for the right reasons. In Titus chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking, looking for that blessed hope, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority." Let no man despise thee. The work that this promise is to do in our life. There's not a one of us that hasn't been troubled, not in need of comfort, and that's a daily basis. Amen? Yet, if we were to stop and examine our life in these past seven days since we were assembled here last Sunday morning together, How many of us would say, I lived every day watching for the second coming of the Lord? That's the warning. Now, there's a work to be done. There are things that God wants to do. It says He wants to redeem us from all iniquity. God does not want sin to have the mastery over our lives whether that sin is smoking whether that sin is addictions of one kind or another whether that sin is alcohol whether that sin is pornography or filth whether that sin is immorality whether that sin is gluttony whether that sin is anger or an uncontrolled temper no matter what that sin is maybe it's just good old-fashioned laziness I don't know You know what? I can't get the list of sins today. It would take us the whole sermon just to list them all. And then what would we be enlightened other than the fact that we all remembered all of our faults together. I love the way the Bible says it. To redeem us from all iniquity. The price has been paid. We must understand that Jesus is coming back. The book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3 says, He that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. When that trumpet sounds, do you want Jesus reading what you're reading? Watching what you're watching? Listening to what you're listening to? Do you want Jesus to find you speeding down the highway at 95 miles an hour, putting every other person and everything in danger just because you want to drive fast? Do you want the Lord finding you living against the principles of his word? I mean, I would love it if the Lord came back on Sunday morning right after altar call. Wouldn't that be great? Get ready, the Lord is coming back. And you pray, and I'm ready, Lord. Boom, He comes back. Well, you know what? That's not when He's going to come, amen? It's at it a moment when you expect not, when you think not. I knew, and some of you remember back the year 2000, that Y2K trash, it all went around, everybody, the world's going to end, the world's going to end. We, I started in July, I said, the Lord is not coming back. On Y2K. Because that's when everybody expects him. And the Bible says in an hour when you think not. was right. You know what? We didn't have to store. We didn't store up anything in the church. We didn't get ready for the world to fall apart. Because Jesus is coming back in his time, not mine. Amen? The Bible says that He wants us to be a peculiar people. When's the last time you were called a weirdo for Jesus' sake? Amen? Now, don't be weird for the sake of being weird. They'll just think you live in New York City. Amen? Uh, Excuse me. But uh, uh, that's why a lot of people come here, is it not? I mean, this is the place where you can do anything you want just because you want to do it. But listen, let's be peculiar unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you'll have the weird people calling you weird. Now you've accomplished something. Amen? The Bible says He wants us to be a peculiar people, zealous of good works. This is what God wants us to do. What is the last good work that you have done that counts for eternity? What is the last thing that you have done? How many things did you get accomplished this week that will count for eternity? The Bible says that we're to be zealous of good works. We're to live our life and order our life in such a way that it is to count not only in this life, but in the life to come. Now, if that does not give you purpose, there's no such thing as purpose. If that does not give you goals, nobody else's book is going to give you goals. If that does not give you a reason for your existence, your reasoner is done broke. Amen? These are the things. Verse 10, we'll just go back and we'll be finished. It says, Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. One thing I don't like around our household is when one of the children are told to do something, oh, dad, do I have to? That's purloining. Oh, can I do it later? You know, like next year? Uh, that is purloining Purloining is taking something that ought to be done now and putting it off. How many of us have purloined the Lord? The Bible says, not purloining. You know, it's like whoever wrote this book knew everything about us. You ever think about that? Well, he does because he created us. Amen? It says, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, honesty, truthfulness, virtue, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. Doctrine is what we believe. Adorning that doctrine is backing it up with the way we live. How many people have you met that believe, but they don't do? Talk about it, but nothing ever happens. I was listening to the radio, on uh, I think it was United Technologies, of all people, uh, put together an ad and said, we practice what we preach. Now, if United Technologies can practice what they preach, shouldn't a Christian practice what they preach? Do we have to dilly-dally around and try to figure out someday how we'll serve the Lord with our leftover time? That is the work of the second coming. I don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. Jesus could come today. I better watch because he's warned me to watch. But guess what? He's coming back. That's my comfort. I am not to allow my heart to be troubled. You know what that means when my heart gets troubled? I got to get on my knees and talk to God about it. Amen. I got to remind myself of these truths that are written down in this book called the Bible. It is a command, not a choice. The Bible commands us to comfort one another with these world words. This world, as the song says, is not my home. I'm just a passing through. You know, you can endure a whole lot more than you think you can if you know it has an end. Amen? I don't know how a lady goes through what she has to go through to bring a child in this world. But one of the reasons she's able to do that is because she knows it's got an end. Then all the trouble gets started, right? But this life has an end, my friend. And it doesn't have to be death. It may be the second coming of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises. Lord, we ask that I ask that people would be encouraged by the, the wonder of these things that are going to happen and are prophesied in your word and the fact that we can trust them and know that they're going to happen. Lord, I pray that we would take warning and we would let your word do its work and change us, change our desires, change our hopes. Give us the strength to endure. We're thankful, Lord, for what you've given us. We ask that you would help us to live it this week. We pray that we would be attentive to your Holy Spirit during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The Song of Invitation is one we know well, 541, Only Trust Him. This is how simple it is. If you only trust Him, He'll save you today. If you're saved and you only trust Him, He'll give you that comfort. If you only trust Him, He'll help you change the way you live and live His way and not yours. Let's sing it out. As we sing, will you come? Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. And he will surely give you rest By trusting in his word Only trust him, only trust him Only trust him now He will save you, he will save you He will save you for Jesus shed his precious blood, sings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Or just have the piano continue to play. If you would like, you can join these here. Bring your burdens to the Savior. Let his word do the work. one more verse. If no one else comes, we'll be finished. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated want to remind you this week of what is happening. Brother John Marshall is going to be with us uh, starting Thursday night and Friday night. Now, Friday night after the service, we're going to have a teen uh, fellowship, and we're going to extend that teens. If you're uh, still in college and you want to come and be a part of that, we want to invite you to be with that fellowship there after the service. And uh, if you have any questions and you want to come, just see uh, me or my wife, we'll let you under the wire. Now, if you're 55 years old and still in college, we're not going to allow you to come to the Teen Fellowship, all right. Uh, But uh, anything reasonable, we'll let you come in and and just be a part of that. Saturday is a men's breakfast, a ladies' luncheon. Now, we've had several... um, Uh, babies born in the church and I cannot think of any better person to hold a baby dedication service than Brother John Marshall. Uh, He's raised 10 of them, amen? And uh, so, uh, and how many grandchildren now? 32? Something like that. So, I mean, uh, quite, quite a crew there. And so, Uh, We will also on Sunday morning be having a baby dedication. And so if you have a child, you say, what is a baby dedication? No, it is not a Baptist christening, all right? We don't do that. Uh, It is for the parents uh, to take a moment and bring that child and present that child to the Lord saying, we are going to raise this child for the Lord. And so we... I uh, recommend that uh, you do that, and no, they don't have to be newborn. Uh, they could be any age after you get saved, and, and you want to promise to, to do that. That's just something that we do from time to time. And uh, then, of course, Brother Marshall will be preaching all day, and next Sunday is also the last uh, street fair in Astoria for the year. It's down on Broadway. And uh, we'll have a booth down there for the church. And if you can help us uh, man the booth that day, that would really be uh, a help. All right. uh, Take time to read the prayer letters here. If we could have our ushers come, we'll receive this morning's offering. Father George, would you ask God to bless the offering?
0: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us with another sunny day. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to, to gather and worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your message this morning. Lord, we continue to pray for wisdom to understand your words and also, Lord, to teach us how to hold on to your words, that we how we live and what we do will give glory back to you, Lord. Lord, thank You most of all for uh, sending Your only Son to die for us. Through His uh, resurrection, we have eternal life. Lord, thank You, Lord, for this provision that allow us to partake in this offering. Please accept it and bless it. Lord, we continue to pray for guidance and watch over us as we leave this place. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Let's stand together. 705 if you need the words